Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, first post-game episode of the season. Kentucky picks up a 37-13 win versus Miami of Ohio. Slow start, really strong start to the second half. Uh, Kentucky's 1-0. Mark Stoops ties Bear Bryant for the most wins all time in school history. Uh, sets up a huge matchup this week in the SEC at Florida, but we're going to talk all Kentucky, Miami, Ohio on this one. Yeah, Sean, really, um, like you said, I mean, gave up a touchdown on the opening drive, and you look at it at that point when it's seven to zero, Kentucky outscored Miami, Ohio, thirty-seven to six after that. Um, but yeah, the first half, some protection issues, and just you know having to go into the half kicking a field goal from Matt Ruffalo to, to even be ahead, I think a bit of a slow start, but then you look at the final score and you kind of evaluate everything and really a, a solid game. I want to say, um, I think I saw this from Adam, Adam Luckett at KSR. I think it was the highest point spread win that they've defeated a Mac team. So 24 points and Miami, Ohio is supposed to be one of the better teams this year out of the Mac. We'll see if that happens. Um, but a really strong third quarter and, and really, you know, after a minute in, literally a minute into the third quarter, he felt like Kentucky was well in control because Barry on Brown had the kickoff return. And then uh, Ty Asian forces a fumble that Kedron Smith returned inside the 10 and Kentucky scored two plays later. You go from a three-point lead to, to a 17-point lead, and really they coasted from there. Yeah, and I mean, obviously we'll get into some concerns. We'll get into mm-hmm. to some issues, but let's start at the top here. Just how did, how did you evaluate Will Levis and his performance? I know he finished 21-32. 303 yards passing, three touchdowns, and an interception. I, I, Eric, I know that he did miss some throws, uh, but it, it kind of felt like that – I still think that Levis had a very productive game and kind of what you wanted to see from him in the opener. Yeah, watching it live, um, I'm up in 228 this year. So, uh, really fun to be back in the stands, by the way. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. But um, in watching it – live I felt like he wasn't playing all that great uh thought he missed two touchdowns I still think he missed two touchdown throws one to Tavion Robinson he had a lot of juice on that ball uh I thought that was a well-designed play going back and watching it yesterday on replay they had several guys open on that play I don't I mean I think Will made the right read ball certainly I think he made the right read Tavion would have been a touchdown put a lot of juice on that ball and then the one to Cummings um I thought that was a dart as well. Matter of fact, I actually don't remember watching that one on replay for some reason. Uh, but in person, I thought, I mean, the ball, when it hit Cummings' hands, man, it still just like went through the back of the end zone. It was a bullet. That was another good design, I thought, that should have been a touchdown. And then, of course, the fourth down throw to Upshaw that was intercepted. I don't think Upshaw was catching that ball, even if it wasn't picked off. So, no. In real time, I was like, man, you know, he's made some good throws. But then when I went back and watched it yesterday, he, he played better than I thought because he, I mean, he had some guys bearing down on him. Uh, the throw to Dane Key, I can't remember how far it went for. Maybe people listening will remember. It was a tough catch from Dane. I mean, he had a guy right in his face on that final drive, um, setting up the the um, field goal for Matt Ruffle in the first half. I mean, he was going down on a sack and found Tavion Robinson out in the flat before he was sacked. I mean, those are tough plays. Was really upset that he tried to hurdle like four guys <laughs> yeah. there in the second quarter. Like, come on, man. I mean, this is you, – you mean way too much to this team to be trying to do stuff like that. In the, I mean, Sean, how much should we talk about this offseason? It's not like every day we pound in our heads, but how much should we talk about, like, cut that yeah. stuff out this year? You mean way too much to this team to, like, get hurt in the second quarter of the first game against Miami, Ohio, trying to 
you know, fight for was it was a third down at that yeah, point. Third down. So, yep. and and too, like to me, like last year, it felt like a guy coming in that needed to prove something. Yeah, and he certainly proved it. But you don't have to prove anything right now. The only thing no. you need to do is stay upright and healthy which then gets us into this. I mean, Kentucky had some significant offensive line issues, especially on the left side. Levis got hit way too much. Miami Ohio had four sacks, but they got to him a lot more than that. How concerned are you moving into this week, a road environment in the SEC at Florida, and that left side of the offensive line? Well, I mean, it's a it's a concern. I think there's a decent chance Kenneth Horsey plays a lot more this week. I mean, I think he was kind of – Obviously, he was banged up a lot of camp. I believe Tayshawn Manning was as well over there on the right side. But Horsey, I think they just wanted to get him in there and get some work. But I would imagine he'll he'll have the bulk of the the reps at left guard this week, and, and maybe they'll rotate Jagger in elsewhere. Um, for Wallabo, I mean, first start, I'm not, like, crazy down on him long term by any means. I think uh, – I just think it was going to be hard for them to really dominate on the offensive line this game because you know Wallabo had never played in a game Burton I mean meaningful snaps Burton hadn't either Eli Cox hadn't played at center Tayshon Manning hasn't played at Kentucky he's played a lot of games at Auburn and then at right tackle Flack said I don't think it ever started a game so like you had all these guys really this was their first chance to to mesh together as a unit so I'm not that surprised it seemed like and I'll be curious to hear what Stoop says here in about an hour but it seemed like maybe it was some some assignment things and 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 guys who you know they were they weren't doing too good on the stunts. I'm not going to get real football technical just because I don't uh, claim to know that stuff all that well. That's my hope though, Sean, that it's stuff that can be corrected and it's not just yeah. a, an ability issue where it's like these guys simply like aren't good enough to uh, to pass protect. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, with Wellabo and also Burton, I mean these are redshirt freshmen who have a lot of football ahead of them so i don't know if it's a confidence well, thing trying to help all out or if they just if goodwin's nowhere close but i mean he played every snap over there at left tackle and i know it's probably easy to, to single him out a little bit and, and and look at him as a concern but to your question going into florida next week i mean absolutely i think you have to if there is a level of concern you have for any certain position i, I think it's definitely got to be the offensive line yeah, I think so as well. And but I do think that those guys certainly have the talent. I mean, they've they've evaluated that talent and, and brought them to Kentucky for a reason. And that's that's a that's a position group where Kentucky doesn't miss. I mean, they've been very good there. So you would think that that's something that will get cleaned up. But it definitely is a concern. And I guess how much of it do you think in in the game plan this week will it be to ask Brendan Bates and these tight ends to kind of maybe help help out on that side? of the line just to kind of give Will a clean pocket. There were a couple of plays that I thought Levis uh, saw the pressure coming. I know there was one there where he slid to his left and made a beautiful throw. Uh, so how much do you think the tight ends kind of help and stuff, especially maybe not, maybe not as much moving throughout the season as they sure that up, but especially this week at Florida? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I didn't get to uh, at this point, I, I might go do it today since I'm off work, but um I didn't get to watch any of the coaches or even players, I guess, talk after the game. I heard some on the radio with Tom Leach, but it seemed like, though, Sean, that Scangarello kind of was pretty blunt that they held a lot back this game. Yeah. Um, so, which isn't uncommon. I mean, I think you see that a lot in the first games. That's a benefit Kentucky has that that Florida did not have, having to play Utah in game one. 
but for for Kentucky, I mean, if they were able to keep it that vanilla and still, you know, win going away like that, it should set up well for this week. But my understanding with Florida, uh, there's no doubt the talent level is going to be better than Miami, Ohio. No one would dispute that. But I don't think they're a, an extremely deep unit up front. So this is a game I really wish they had Rodriguez for this yeah. game, uh, a grounded out back. Because as much as we talk about the offensive line, it wasn't a great night either for the running backs. I mean – 50, what was it, 50 rush yards? And I think that does have sacks included. So if you actually just look at the smoke had seven attempts for 32 yards. McLean had 16, so it's 48. Jefferson had 10, 58. They had 68 rushing yards from four running backs on, uh, looks like 18 attempts. So one of the worst rushing nights we've seen from Kentucky in a long time. Uh, I didn't think smoke played that well. Uh, McLean, unfortunately, got injured. And Jefferson did as well. I mean, they might be down three running backs. Uh, four, I guess, or, you know, yeah, three. You could be down Rodriguez, uh, McLean, and Jefferson. Yeah, which this leaves is brutal. Which, which then leaves Cabossier Smoke and Lavelle Wright. And and one note on Lavelle Wright when he when he did get snaps, he may have had the play of the night. You know, picking up the what? pressure there and picking yeah. up the blitz and just an, an unbelievable play. One that will probably earn him <laughs> some snaps and, and some confidence from his staff when that shows up on film this week. But yeah, you. This is the one where I do think that they need Rodriguez because, like, we've talked about this. When they won that game in the Swamp four years ago, Benny Snell was the guy that grinded that thing out late. You know if Kentucky's able to get a lead and they had Rodriguez, they would rely heavily on him to kind of take them home. That is a concern in a close game. That is a concern in a game just without Rodriguez to me going to Florida. That's one of the biggest issues and concerns that I have this week is one, the offensive line, the left side of it, and then the possibility of not having Chris Rodriguez. If they had Rodriguez, I'd feel so much better about Kentucky's chances of winning. And I guess as we record this, it's not even 1130 yet. I think Stoop starts at noon. I mean, we we, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's possible he could play, but I think uh, I, I don't think anyone's seemed like whenever – you know, the reports where it'd be three to four games. So it seemed like the best case scenario would be that he would be back for that road game at Ole Miss. Um, so, yeah, that's that will be a bummer. But I don't know, Sean, maybe they'll figure something out and we'll uh, we'll be surprised. But going back to the offense as a whole with Levis, I mean, the numbers are good. 21-32, uh, 21 off 32, 303 yards. So he surpassed the 300-yard mark again. He's done that basically, I think, every game they've played against a, a non-Power 5 school, he's been able to – to really play well. Three touchdown passes, one interception, which we mentioned earlier. Um, Sean, my players of the game, uh, I mean, I thought Tavion Robinson was excellent. Incredible. Just phenomenal. Uh, I want to say, and, and again, I didn't read – I might let me pull up the game notes here. But I want to say, just going off the – I think it was his career high, right, for receiving yards? I don't think it he was. had that many at Virginia Tech. So, that's yeah. another, uh, another small thing. And, again, it's just game one out of 12 guaranteed. But um, – Another portal guy who Wondell Robinson came here last year. Obviously, he was on a full-time receiver at Nebraska, but came here, bumped his status. Tavion Robinson, it's taken one game. You could argue for him well, to already show more <laughs> than what he yeah. did at Virginia Tech. And, and think about this, too. The the last two years, this offense has had a, had a receiver break a record in their, in their debut at Kentucky. Yeah. Wondell Robinson had the record for the most yards in a UK deb- debut, 125, and Tavion broke that last night or the other night with 136. So uh, pretty impressive. So yeah, first 100-yard game too for Robinson in his career, and uh, that happened in the first half. 
So uh, five catches for 123 yards. His previous high was 98, six catches for 98 at Virginia Tech. Uh, one note on Levis that I was looking at here. So it's the fourth 300-yard game of his career and uh, fifth game with at least three touchdown passes. Uh, he's the second UK quarterback or second quarterback in UK history with 300 yard passing games in consecutive openers. Also, Tim Couch in 1997 and 1998. Good company, very, very good company. Which then let's talk about those wide receivers. You mentioned Tavion Robinson. Uh, how about Chauncey Magwood getting his first career touchdown catch there? I know it's the guy that, that we talked about a lot last season that we were high on, and then you had the freshman live up to the hop, Dan Key. Barry and Brown, the kickoff return for the touchdown, Derek. I knew that Barry and Brown had speed, but the Jets that he turned on there around the Kentucky 30-yard line, there was no one catching. Yeah, that's a, a different level of burst than what I think we've seen at Kentucky. Um, and a huge play too, Sean. I mean, a huge play. To, we talked about the, that earlier. I mean, that was a great minute and three seconds or whatever it was to start the second half. But – Came at a crucial time and he got it and, you know, made one cut and just elite speed. Whenever he got to that corner, got to the sideline and then turned on the Jets and he only had to beat the kicker. I mean, it was, there was no one really within the picture. Um, a little nervous there that he might have dropped the ball before, yeah. <laughs> uh, which would have been, man, what a bummer that would have been. But uh, kind of the best case scenario, though, because you get to keep the touchdown and yet it's still a learning lesson for him. It was close enough to where, you know, you hope Barry won't do that again. And I'm, I mean, it's weird because watching it in real time on the replay didn't really look that close, but then when he did slow it down, it was uh, a little too close for comfort. But the other thing, and I don't remember Sean last year, do you, do you happen to remember how many catches Wandell had in the first game? Because we, we all know the target share for Wandell last year was, was crazy compared, but I'll bring that up because Taven only had six catches out of 21 completions. So he was still the leading receiver, but you look at Dan Key had four catches. Berion had three catches. Smoke and Dingle both had two. And then uh, Demarcus Harris, Laval Wright, Magwood, and then Brendan Bates, who also caught a touchdown. All those guys had at least one reception as well. So, I mean, it was spread around pretty well for only 21 completions. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. That That is a big deal. Because uh, that that was certainly a thing last year with Wandale, but I'm, I'm trying to find those stats. Let me pull them up here. Uh, maybe when a he... huge game, but I can't remember if it was like a double digit, you know, like reception game. It was just I mean he, he caught multiple touchdowns. But now I know Josh Ali had some had some catches in the season opener last year to do that. But the big thing with Tavion that was just crazy, man. Like out of his 136 yards, 103 of those came after the catch. So I mean, this was a guy who was doing a lot of damage whenever he. Uh, he caught the football. I mean, he opened the game with a 45-yard reception, and then I think later in the game he might have had another one over 30 right there before the half. Um, 
And that was the throw you were talking about where Levis slid to his left. Yeah. And, uh, and, and got free and threw a great ball, not really across his body, but he, he slid left. And then Robinson was running his route over the middle and he threw a dart to him to get it there. I mean, I was, I was very pleased with the passing game. I mean, like I said, there were a couple throws for Levis that you'd like to see some more touch on it. But in terms of, I mean, it's, I'm not going to complain at Kentucky with what we've seen in the stoops here. I'm not going to complain about 303 yards passing no. touchdowns. No, absolutely not. And then Levis too became the 15th player in UK history to eclipse 3000 career passing yards. So another note there for him, uh, he's now with 3,130 uh, we talked about Barry and Brown's kickoff return for a touchdown there to open the second half. How about special teams play overall, oh, specifically the turn game, then the return game, then you had Ruffalo kick a 50-yard field goal. You had a punt block there by J.J. Weaver. Uh, special teams, Derek, uh, I remember at one point in Mark Stoops' era, it was kind of a running joke, especially when they had that road game at LSU uh, back, I think, 2015. Yeah. Now special teams play is a strength. And that will benefit when you get into league play. No doubt. I mean, that was huge. I mean, there's nothing. I was thinking about it actually. I was up in the stands on Saturday night. I was like, man. And I thought about it last night. Is it, did you watch LSU play? I two did. Muff, two muff punts. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a big deal whenever you screw up those punts. And, I mean, it, it nearly cost LSU the game, which was a, that was a wild-ass college football game anyway. <laughs> should, have <been laughs> yeah, over, should have been over on that muff punt, but it wasn't. Uh, but what, what I'm saying is UK for years, I mean, even when they had Lynn Bowden, he was not the full-time guy. I mean, you had, I think, Bouvier back there one year. On kick return last year, you know, you had a walk-on and Zach Johnson, a good program guy, a kid who did a lot of good things. And, and I think Stoops felt like it was a way to reward him. And I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with that per se, but you saw immediately on Saturday night, whenever you have a guy like Tavion Robinson, that punt return, who was a three time or, a, or last year, a third team. I mean, all ACC member, a, a large part because of how good he is at returning punts. And then you have Barry on, they had not had a single kickoff return for touchdown in the Stoops era. This kid's first game, they get one. Whenever you have elite, and I'm, I don't care. So, I mean, Barry on has elite level speed. I don't think anyone's questioning that. And I think Tavion Robinson has elite level just punt return abilities, just the way he sees the field, when to fair catch it, uh, decision making is very good. That's a huge upgrade in those two compartments. I don't think we really spent much time at all talking about. Um, and do I expect them to have huge games like that every single game? No. I mean, you're going to see better athletes in the SEC on special teams. I mean, I think they were able to out athlete Miami, Ohio a little bit there. Um, but you also have a block punt from JJ Weaver. Alex Afari damn near blocked a kick, too. I think uh, Miami's maybe their last field goal. He got through there and nearly blocked it. And then Matt Ruffalo was perfect. So, really all the way around, I mean, I don't think Goodfellas punts were all that great. Um, but as it was, the red, I mean, overwhelmingly, I, I thought a great performance from the special team unit. So, I found uh, Wondell's stats. He had five catches in that opener last season. Uh, Levis completed 18 balls. Uh, but Levis completed 233 passes last year. 104 of them were to Wondell Robinson. So, I mean, so, I know it's one game, but, like, what do you I, – I just don't see any way that it's going to be like that again this year. I, I, like, I didn't even think that, like, I, Will was just locking on to Tavion. I mean, I think he was – he's, he's a good job spreading around. Yep. I think Tavion will be his guy. I think that will be the guy that he looks to 
in certain situations, but I think that they're going to spread this thing around and, and get, you know, get a lot of guys involved. Uh, Demarcus Harris had a catch there, kind of a, a big play. Uh, one that was, I think it was a batted ball that was it him that caught the ball that I mean, was it deflected. was, it was, it was yep. maybe arguably the biggest play uh, it, that because of what happened in the second half and it got blown out. But at the time that was a huge play. Cause it was, it was another play where Levis was about to get crushed <laughs> and threw it it got batted and it went right to him and Harris I mean they went right back to him the next play I, I didn't think it was a great ball from Will Harris got his hands on it but it was a bullet and it was thrown behind him a little bit um but that was a big play and we talk about the wide receiver rotation I was curious to see how they would do that um I don't I didn't see a snap count but the guys who were listed as starters did start Robinson Key and Brown and they also brought in, you know, Magwood came in. He had his one game. He was very efficient. One catch, one touchdown. Same for Brendan Bates. One catch, one touchdown. But Chris Lewis didn't play a whole lot. Uh, so if you're kind of stacking up the, the top five wide receivers there, it was definitely um, the three starters plus Demarcus Harris and Chauncey Magwood. So this weekend, I think it'll probably be another pretty tight rotation. Yeah. But then, Sean, I think what you're going to see, and we'll probably talk about this more when it gets closer, the way the schedule shakes out with uh, Youngstown State and the Northern Illinois after that, it feels like that's going to be the chance for some of these guys who are maybe on the fringe of if they're going to be contributors this season or not. Like, that's kind of your last chance, I would say, in those two games. Because after that, it's all SEC and then Louisville yep. to close the season. I mean, I think you're going to want to know who – and that same goes not just for wide receivers, but that's pretty much every position. Offensive line um, – I think you hope that you, you have a, a rotation figured out. Same deal with on defense. And by that point, too, Rodriguez should hopefully be back. So you might see a more full version of what Kentucky will be the remainder of the season starting in week five. But I thought it was great to get a lot of young guys out. We've not really talked about defense at all, but defensively, no. Alex Safari maybe played the best game of anyone on that defense, which is hard to believe since he's just a freshman. Yeah, he, is, he was all over the place. I mean, I felt like they were calling his name out. Uh, multiple times, uh, six total tackles, one sack, uh, one and a half tackles for loss. Uh, DeAndre Square led the team with seven tackles. Just uh, a, a lot of young guys, though, I think is the biggest takeaway for me. Kentucky had a lot of youth showing up in Brown and in Key and in Afari and Deion Walker out there. Like they, they had a lot of youth out there, Derek, but guys that looked the part and certainly belonged. Keaton Wade, another guy who Keaton Wade. I ran a – I mean, he read a screenplay brilliantly, and it was going to be wiped off anyway because I think it was an illegal formation. Or, they called a flag on Miami, Ohio. I can't remember exactly what the flag was. Um, but read it perfectly, came in, put a big hit on the on the uh, receiver, running back, whoever it was that was getting the screen. He he looked apart, man, even uh, more than I thought he, he would have. And I, I mean, I watched him at the open practice, uh, but he – I figured he would be a guy just because of depth. Like I know Jordan Wright was out that game, um, so you know you knew you're gonna have to use some some young guys. But Keaton Wade looks like a for sure playing all season type kid to me. Yeah, he does. Uh, and Deion Walker so impressive, just how big he is, man. He was standing out there next to Justin Rogers, who I think is listed at like six two, three hundred something pounds. I'm like, he just dwarfed him, man. <laughs> Walker just dwarfed a guy. <laughs> and then and then you go look, and it's kind of off topic, but you go look at the picture from the. Um, high school ceremony or whatever that uh Deion Walker and Keontae Goodwin were at together on signing day last year and Goodwin like kind of dwarfs Deion Walker's which tells you how big Keontae is but he moves so well um 
really a good game for the defense. I mean, you look up, they gave up, what, 290 yards, 179 pass yards, 111 rushing yards. But after the first drive, they didn't give up a touchdown the rest of the game. Uh, held Miami Ohio to field goals and 13 points overall. It was a pretty strong night, I thought. I mean, there's really yeah. no one on that defense that you look at. It's like, man, this guy really played a bad game. I thought both the linebackers, the starting linebackers, the super seniors and Square and Jones played really well. Uh, Weaver got a sack, forced a fumble on that sack. They didn't recover, but the quarterback got it back. But a good job to get in there and knock the ball out when he was making a play. But um, Afari seems like a pretty big upgrade, though, to that secondary, the spot that he's going to be in. I mean, he's the – you're kind of struck at how many guys in this freshman class that could play pretty much anywhere. I mean, Walker, there's no one in the country. I, I promise you there's no – I mean, they beat up Georgia and Michigan, two teams that were in the playoffs to get that kid. I mean, every team in America would welcome him on their team. Barryon Brown, I mean, another guy that was recruited by a lot of heavyweights. Um, Dane was not recruited to the extent that those other guys were. I mean, South Carolina, Michigan, I know we're on Dane, but a guy that maybe more than any of those others came in and took a job right away. Basically, as soon as he got to Kentucky, he was a starting <laughs> receiver. Um and then Keaton Wade was another good recruiting win in a key position, too. I mean, they really needed to, to hit on some good edge players last year because I mean, Keaton could be a starter next year. Very well could be a starter next season and getting him out here early in game one, doing some good things. I was really uh, – I thought those guys that they had talked about all offseason in this first game, they all looked like they belonged. And I thought that was, that was pretty much what I was looking for. And, again, I wish I had seen the snap counts. But, I mean, it felt like Dion was out there a lot. I mean, almost the whole game whenever they were out there on defense. So, that was really good to see. I was I was really impressed with that. And we'll see how they handle the first road game. And we'll get into Florida more later this week. But we'll see how they handle that aspect of it. But as it, as it was, there is a lot to be excited about with those guys. And you'll probably see more of these younger guys too. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully young sound states a blowout and they can get even more young guys in to play some snaps. Yeah. And in our next episode, we'll talk everything that Mark Stoops says today. We'll talk AP poll because that won't come out till Tuesday because there's still mm-hmm. football to be played today. And then we'll get into uh, some more of Kentucky, Florida. Anything you want to add before we wrap this thing up? Just glad football's back, man. I thought, uh, what'd you think about Scangarello that first game? I like him. I, I think obviously we know, and he admitted that they're not showing everything right now, but uh, I will tell you a funny story about him. He, he come in the media room right before Stoops took the podium and he was looking for a cell phone. He couldn't find it. He must've left his phone in there because they used that media room and stuff for, for meetings oh, and stuff time. at halftime with mm-hmm. and everything. So I don't know if he, if he brought his phone over there, but hopefully uh, he found his cell phone. <laughs> yeah. A little hassle to have to go get that replaced. I would say, uh, especially in that manner. But, no, I felt like these NFL guys, and Liam was so good, it seemed like, at scripting those opening drives. And then Kentucky, very first drive. I mean, you know, the stadium's feeling a little – because Miami, Ohio, like, it it is a deflating way to start this. And, again, it's a long game. Impressive crowd, though. Very impressive crowd. crowd. For a season opener, man, I think – did you tweet it? I think it was the the biggest crowd since 2015, right? Yeah, the biggest. Yep, the biggest since they – the renovated stadium. And it does help having a night game for that, too. But, hey, man, the weather looked bad all day. I was stunned that it didn't rain because, like, we left. Uh, my wife and I left for the stadium around, like, 2.30. Uh, two, yeah, like, 2.30, 2.40, somewhere around there. And when we left, man, it was, like, 100% chance of rain from, like, well, 8 to 10. <laughs> and then well, I came. texted you and was asking, like, what in the world happens? They, yeah, like, if, I mean, if there's lightning and stuff and this thing gets into 9 o'clock, 9.30, like, what do you do? Like, you can't start it that late. Yeah. Well, I think uh, 
we caught a break there with no rain or, well, I mean, maybe some sprinkles here and there, but nothing that delayed the game and, or, or even really affected the game because, you know, God, 2019 that year, uh, it was like every game it felt but, like was in the rain. And it really kind of, I mean, it, it influenced the stats that year. Cause you remember how high Kentucky's pass defense ranked that season. And that was like kind of a, kind of a facade. They really weren't as good as what their ranking suggested they were, but because every game was played in a, a monsoon out there, it felt like teams had a harder time uh, throwing the ball. But, no, Scangarello, I thought he drew up a really good opening drive, and, of course, it helps when you he get did. 45 yards on your first play. But I'll be curious to see how much they did hold back. And I know it's kind of always a popular thing to say whenever you play a, 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 a team you should beat, like Miami, Ohio, and well, you don't have to empty the full clip on those guys. Can, can give you some update here. Chris Rodriguez is not on the depth chart this week. Yeah, so there you go. So, so we and, and no Jordan Wright either. So oh, wow. uh, John Hill, John Hill just tweeted no Chris Rodriguez or Jordan Wright on the new UK football depth chart. So so I do still uh, see. Uh, I wanted to mention this too real quick. I do still see Trevin Wallace on the depth chart, but he did not play. He was in full pads. Yeah. Never put his helmet on. Not sure what the deal was there, but they kind of. I'm, I'm sure he gets there. asked about that today. I would think, Sean. I don't see yeah. any change of the depth chart. Do you? Oh, the Bell Riot's on there. I think Ramon Jefferson was on there the first week. So, yeah, he had a knee injury, I believe. So, that's another tough if loss. That, if, say, if that's Kentucky's backfield at Florida, it wouldn't shock me if Lavelle ends up being the, the bulk of the carries. Oh, well, this here's the, the big thing. And this is not – I understand this is not great live podcasting, but uh, we'll probably save the majority of this. But, Sean, the big one, and I'm surprised you didn't get tweeted yet, Kenneth Horsey is starting at left tackle this week. And not yep. David Wallabo. So we'll get into all that though after Stoops has his comments. Well, uh, let's make one quick prediction here. Anyone you want to predict on the SEC Player of the Week awards? Barry and Brown, Special Teams Player of the Week, maybe? Hmm, yeah, I could see that. I, uh, do they do freshmen? Of the... They do. Would, I'm pretty sure they do freshmen. I, I would think Afari would have a chance defensively with the game he played. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. I didn't see the stats from the other guys in the league. I mean, Tavion didn't score a touchdown, so maybe that hurts him. But he had a good game. But I would guess someone else in the league probably uh, had a better game. At, or see, I forget all the words they do, man. But uh, I would say Barryon, yeah, I think he'd have a good chance. Or some some of the freshmen might have a good chance. Yep. Well, as always, the show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. Three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.